Here's a question. How does an ordinary person land their dream job in the sports industry immediately after graduating? Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I'm Ruben Williams. And I'm Ryan Walker. In 2017, we said goodbye to exams and hello to full-time work. This is a behind-the-scenes reveal of exactly how the best sports industry professionals in the world created careers that most only dream of. We believe every dream job in sport is worth chasing, and that's why we want to give you the tools to make it a reality. For a proven process to getting jobs in sport, download our free ebook. How to Get Jumps in Sport, The Sports Grad Method. You can get this for free at www.sportsgrad.com.au. Hello and welcome to The Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ruben Williams and with me, as always, is the regional Ryan Walker. How are you, my friend? I'm extremely well, my friend. Uh, obviously, very fresh from my little getaway as of late. Um, but yeah, I feel good. Regional, I don't mind. I enjoyed the regions of Victoria and New South Wales over the last week or so. Um, I must say, holidays are never long enough. This one definitely was not. So, uh, no, but very happy to uh, be back, obviously, on the podcast with you, which is the highlight of each week. So, um, no, I'm well. How's, uh, how's everything been with you? Uh, fantastic, mate. Honestly, it's, it's just good to have the reins of the adjective back, back in my court. Yeah. So perhaps you'll have to go away a, a few more times to, to lend me that, uh, that privilege. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, as the, as the spiritual owner of the adjective and, and the welcome, um, I thought, you know, given I've been away for a few days, I'll let you have a crack at doing the intro, which is totally fine. Um, listeners, rest assured, I'll be back for the next step. So don't, no one worry themselves. Um, but I thought it'd be good to give you the reins today um, and and lead us in this journey. Um, and what a journey it was, might I add. Awesome episode with Tom Rose. Um, we may as well start with the hooks now, Rubes. Uh, I'll start. Um, I think anybody who does 52 challenges in 52 weeks is a really interesting person to chat to, and Tom Rose is exactly that. Um, yeah, our discussion with him was awesome. I don't think I've ever met someone who's done something quite like this, um, and it was great to sort of hear sort of why he did that and, and you know, how that sort of how it developed him as a person, which was quite cool. No, you're absolutely right. It's the, it's the most extreme thing I've ever seen somebody do or that I've come across and uh, it was actually quite funny how I came across. I was literally just trawling through LinkedIn one day and someone must have given it a like or someone commented on it. There was a mutual connection there somewhere to a a video that was about five years old and it just showed me this, you know, this series of challenges that Tom had got up to and I thought we have have to talk to this bloke and see what sort of impact that, you know, these personal challenges have had on his career and on his role at uh, the Southampton Football Club as marketing manager. But um, outside of that, you know, one of the other really great things to hear about was how he spent an entire year, Ryan, living and working for free at a county cricket club, Mm. which would not have been uh, cheap to do. And you'd be hoping every day that, you know, that this comes off. And thankfully for him, he was able to leverage it. But that, again, he's a man of extremes, Tom. 52 challenges, 52 weeks. Working 
50, yeah. another 52 weeks for free in hope of getting a full-time job. Uh, he's, he's a brave man. That's There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and that, that probably leads to another thing that I loved. It was, you know, <clears throat> just fascinating to learn around the transformation he made from who he was before, who he is today, and, and sort of how that's led to so many opportunities in his work and personal life. You know, he sort of said at the at the start, he was sort of like a little bit shy, would get like uncomfortable in situations. So he thought, I'm going to change this and, and flip it on its head, which was absolutely amazing. And you can just kind of see, you know, as you just said, 52 challenges and then also working for free for that year. They're not easy things to do. So obviously he's done something right. Uh, you know, able to get really comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So, no, it was awesome. I, th- I just think this interview is so relatable for students, particularly after we had our meetup in, in Melbourne about, well, it was a month ago now, Ryan, uh, where we still, you know, we tried to make it as comfortable as possible by introducing some rules that would lend itself to that. But, you know, we'd still get messages of people saying, oh, I was really nervous coming into the night. I didn't know anybody. And so I think Tom is just such a fantastic example of of how you can overcome some of those fears and where it can lead you to in the future. So let's dive into that right now, why don't we? So grab a pen and enjoy this chat with Tom Rose, the Senior Marketing Manager at Southampton Football Club. Tom, welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. Cheers, thanks for having me. Tom, to kick us off, do you mind giving us a, a bit of a rundown in terms of what led you to your current role at Southampton Football Club and, and what your current job entails? Yeah, so um, I've kind of been fortunate enough to work in sporting roles my whole career. So I started off working for Sussex County Cricket Club, um, started work there with kind of like an unpaid internship. Um, just trying to get some kind of experience whilst at uni um, ended up uh, coming back working um, in a summer job there and then ended up getting kind of a full-time marketing role so spent five years at, at Sussex Cricket um, left three times in those five years but um, they kept having me back um, then uh, then I moved on to um, Lingfield Park uh, Racecourse which is the busiest race course in Europe so they, they they host all kind of um all types of racing from all weather to to jumps to to flat and they've also got kind of like a hotel on site and um spa and golf course so quite a busy place spent a, spent a year there and then fortunately um got offered a role at Southampton Football Club um kind of working in the Premier League and been there for for three years um my role primarily was kind of around um ticketing memberships and hospitality so managing the marketing campaigns that um, promote those business areas. But kind of more recently in COVID times kind of expanded to kind of working with our partners, um, understanding their kind of business challenges and and seeing how we can use the assets at Southampton to, to help overcome those business challenges. So quite a broad role in terms of working in the commercial areas, but, but one I love. Tom, in uh, 2015, you completed 52 challenges in 52 weeks as part of a New Year's resolution comfort zone challenge. Why did you decide to take this on? Yeah, good question. Uh, so um, I guess, I mean, I was always quite, um, when I was going kind of through university, I was always kind of quite shy and potentially not the most kind of confident person. So I always kind of knew it was something I wanted to personally develop. Um, and I used to drive about an hour and a half to work every day. So kind of a, a lot of lot of time in your your own head um and it was kind of coming up to to new year and 
wanted to have a New Year's resolution. So um, I really always kind of like the quote, life begins at the end of your comfort zone and kind of felt that kind of resonated with me. So I thought, um, let's kind of put it to the challenge, see see, uh, see if it's true. Um, and I guess rather than um, rather than it being a New Year's resolution and um, after a, a month or so, failing and giving up on it um i kind of i really wanted to commit to it so i i, I started a, a blog um my challenge.com which um was really just me trying to commit to the 52 weeks and making sure that i do a challenge every week i write about it and my mates know if i give up after 13 weeks there's no more there's no more blog posts so um yeah that was the kind of the the inspiration behind it really tom about a probably a couple of months ago now, I was just trawling through LinkedIn and I'm not sure how I discovered it. Maybe someone liked it or commented on it, but this video piece popped up, which was essentially a clipping of the news and they were talking about your story back in 2015. And so I watched this full five-minute video and described all the different challenges that you went to and um, and what you're up to now. And then I saw you know, your titles at Southampton Football Club and I thought, this guy's a perfect fit for what we talk about looking at those challenges is there any um one in particular that you still look at and and it makes you uneasy just imagining doing it again uh, yeah lot, lots of them to be honest um it's funny actually because a lot of people say to me i have no idea how you did that or you know we talk about talk about individual challenges and they, they, people say i don't know how you did that and now i sometimes look back on myself like how did i do that um because like, i mean some of them are you know from busking to giving out free hugs to you know physical challenges running a marathon um walking on coals sleeping rough they're i mean they're all they're all pretty um yeah out there in their own rights i guess the one the one that really sticks out for me i guess uh, was was doing stand-up comedy um i guess as a someone that kind of back to the start didn't, didn't feel the most confident and um yeah not necessarily natural in kind of going out there and doing public speaking and to then get up and then do public speaking and then add the element of trying to make people that you don't know laugh. Um, that was, yeah, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I was pacing up and down, you know, sweating. <laughs> Making me laugh saying this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, there was actually, you know, it's almost kind of could laugh at myself. I mean, the, the first week of doing um, these challenges, I fainted. So, you know, there's, there's some funny stories within <laughs> it, you know, some funny stories there. So, um, but yeah, probably that, that's one that probably sticks out the most. Sounds like the jokes are right themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, you just just laugh at me. It's, it's it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. What was a oh, the, what was a joke? <laughs> so it was a I was kind of like a it was kind of like a ten minute PowerPoint on on some of my challenges chucked in with a few kind of uh, a few gags kind of yeah off Google that were in there. It was um, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to watch the video rather than me trying to deliver the jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll make sure we get a link to that in the in the show notes for anyone who wants to watch that. And you're certainly much braver than than us, Tom. That's why we do a podcast where you can record it, stop it, edit it if you stuff up, and then release it when no one's looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's that said though, podcast is is out there in itself, so um, it, it's very similar. Yeah, I'd I'd be worried if we went live. That would be. Uh... That'd be something else. R- Ruben did mention it to me the other day, like, "Oh, what if we do one live?" And I was like, "Hmm, that would be uh, that'd be out of comfort zone." But we we might get found out. Yeah, 
Give it a go. Got to give it a go. Yeah, we'll say. <laughs> other than the stand-up comedy, were there any other sort of interesting challenges that sort of really, really challenged you in a way that you were just like, why am I doing this? Uh, yeah, so um, kind of another one that kind of sticks out was was sleeping rough for the night. So essentially being replicating what a homeless person would, would do for 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 an evening um so yeah i had kind of went in a cardboard box and and found a found somewhere on the street and then slept there and and probably this the most you know eye-opening experience in terms of how hard it was for one night and you know people people kind of do this for for their whole lives and so i think you know it kind of it kind of changed the course of what what um the whole experience was for me and um up to that point it was just kind of like a personal challenge but having having kind of slept rough i decided to then kind of um make it all a kind of fundraiser for for some homeless charities and um yeah kind of took it on a different course but um sort of all kind of sticks with me and kind of yeah grounded me in terms of you know feeling privileged and you know when those days are tough they're probably not as tough as it can be for other people Tom, you mentioned the reason you did this was because you started out as a fairly shy um, and introverted individual. Um, the whole purpose was to make this transformation, to leave your comfort zone. After that year, what were some of the main changes that you noticed in yourself? Yeah, so I think I think for me, it kind of was an experience in terms of um, being less scared of failure. Um, I think when as I kind of went through, I realized a lot of the the, the thing that puts people off doing things out of their comfort zone is kind of that fear of looking silly or um you know falling on your face kind of thing and and what I kind of learned over the the year and as I've kind of progressed it on beyond the year is it kind of it's never really as bad as you think you know that it's uh that that fear of failure is much bigger in in your mind and um in in reality it's never never normally as bad as what what actually it turns out to be and um yeah, I think it's it's something that you kind of just need to to learn to to harness. But it's made me a lot more kind of confident in you know trying new things and and um, being open to kind of uh, yeah physical challenges or um, something even at work. You know, trying to you know step into a meeting that you don't feel comfortable with, um, and it, it's kind of got that kind of left with that kind of underlying belief that you know yes, I'm going to feel uncomfortable at times, but that's that's perfectly natural and and everyone feels like that it's just you know using those feelings as a positive rather than a negative so it sounds like um the biggest change you noticed was that you know difference in perspective in understanding all right what's genuinely scary and what am i just you know you know slightly nervous about and what's the impact of those things as well yeah 100 percent. that yeah it's just um it's just the mind's a powerful powerful tool and i think often we create scenarios in our heads that are, are far worse than um, when you kind of you know actually go into something it ends up being far easier and how many times have you thought oh why was I so worried about that it's it's, it's quite a natural natural um your mindset I guess but it, it, I've just kind of it's helped me and I, I'm not going to say I'm completely over that kind of mindset I think it's just helped me to realize that um it's not always as bad as what you think it's going to be. Do you have um one specific example where you might have been put in a situation and you just started going through the motions uh, as though it was normal and then perhaps soon into it caught yourself going, hang on, this is something I definitely like would not have, you know, automatically jumped into 12 months earlier. 
like because of this situation I've put myself through, I'm now it's now ingrained in my me to automatically do these things. Was there anything that made you sit up and take notice of the change that you'd made? Yeah, I guess um so I mean once once the year had finished, um there were there were kind of I mean, you saw the news piece, there were times where I was doing interviews on radios and et cetera, um, like talking about it and talking about my experiences and um kind of having that kind of almost that public speaking approach is has almost become like a yeah like a byproduct of it and something that like still to this day I, I always want to improve how I speak and, and and public speaking but yeah I think there were a couple of times when I've kind of doing things like this or or like an interview and it's like uh, yeah that's become a bit more of a kind of like a normal now rather than probably before it would have been really really challenging. Do you think um you know you mentioned how powerful you know, your mindset is and all that. Do you reckon you'd almost say to any any student or any, any person who's sort of has these worries about, you know, when they're at work or, you know, they're worried about public speaking or things like that, would you almost say this has been a bit of like a key factor for you in being able to really develop your career in, in the way that you want it to? Sort of you've harnessed your, your mind. Yeah. Like pretty much. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I wouldn't agree that I've harnessed my mind. You know, it's still a, um, it's still a constant. You know, <laughs> maybe that might be heavy. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's just. But, but what I probably would say I've learned is, you know, there's that 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 growth mindset, and you can always develop. And I'm always wanting to develop. And when I started this, like I had no, it, it wasn't planned to be um, something that was great for my career. It wasn't meant to be. Uh, something that you know did interviews about whatever you know it was just all it was meant to be was like can I step outside my comfort zone and then what I realized is like oh my like opportunities and like so much more comes when you have that kind of mindset of being open to opportunities and trying new things and so like yeah it's definitely stuck with me to yeah just be open to learning and and developing and with that you know, good things will come. It, 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 it's not a kind of exact science, but um, I think having that kind of openness to 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 that in your mind is is really important. You mentioned just then um, you didn't expect it to be great for your career. How has it been great for your career? Yeah, so I guess um, a few things. I guess in actual sort of day to day work, it's been it's been so strong in terms of those times when you feel uncomfortable at work. Um, so, you know, you might, you know, it might be a meeting, it might be a presentation, you know, all those are kind of examples. It's really helped me understand, you know, that uncomfortable feeling isn't a bad feeling. It's a, it's, it means you care, to be honest. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's really helped me in terms of like feeling less nervous and, you know, maybe making bad decisions on the back of it. It's kind of just a now a normal process, I guess off the back of it maybe there's become more opportunities at work I guess um I think it's probably a good answer to an interview question I can probably say nowadays but I, that wasn't really the the reason I I did it that was it, it's almost become a byproduct of it and I think what I probably would say is you know opportunity comes from you know stepping outside your comfort zone and and learning more things so um yeah that's probably probably benefited me quite a lot in kind of working life Tom, the uh, the nature of the sports industry is that it's it's probably heavily reliant on networks and, and networking, which is totally fine if you've been around for fifteen years um, and, and working in the industry. But for say a grad, it can be extremely 
daunting sort of building those connections because it requires you to get uncomfortable. As uh, the master of becoming comfortable getting uncomfortable, uh, what learnings do you think students can adopt from your experience? So I guess first thing I would say is we all get uncomfortable and that that's something, you know, that will, will kind of be natural from starting off in your career to, you know, probably 30 years down. Um, I certainly still feel uncomfortable at times, you know, creating those networks. But I guess um, my advice really just kind of be open to kind of putting yourself out there, be open to, to opportunities as they come. There's kind of no, you know, straightforward journey of you know this is how you make it in sport this is like in sports marketing etc there's everyone's got different journeys so be open to the opportunities along the way um and then yeah just you know i think it's probably just having an understanding that it isn't going to be as bad as what you think it is you know talking to people isn't um isn't gonna that most people are nice people and and you know will probably try and help you along the way um I, when i started at, at sussex cricket I sent a speculative email um, and, you know, to a job that didn't exist. Um, and then, so they came back and said, we don't have anything at the moment. Two months later, um, they, they actually sent, sent, me a, some, sent me an email saying, we're actually thinking of opening up an opportunity. Would you be interested? The interview was almost as much as me trying to convince them to, to give me the role rather than <clears throat> um, them interviewing me for the role. So um, I think it's just, yeah, you know, putting yourself out there, often creates opportunities. Tom, what I loved about what you said at the start is that, you know, we all get uncomfortable. And I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, the, the stuff that you're doing to um, to overcome that isn't in the absence of fear. It's just doing it anyway. And so I think some people have that expectation that, you know, they have to completely remove fear to be comfortable doing something. But in reality, it's still there in some aspect but you managed to find a way over it anyway exactly that and you know i mean working in sport i think a lot of sports people kind of talk about this as well in terms of managing nerves and and um you know pre-game kind of feelings i think i think it's the same uh, in the sense that you know we all we all get that and i i think it's a good thing it means you care um it means you don't want it you, you know you don't want to do badly it's uh, these are all kind of normal feelings i think what is less normal I guess is people just going I'm just going to throw myself into it anyway and um, I think there's I think there's a lot of you know there's plenty of examples where people probably talk about where they've thrown themselves in the deep end and come out feeling much better because of it Um, so I just yeah I think I think it's so important to just um, understand that those feelings are normal but you can just you can run past them you can fly past them and and you won't regret it. So if you're a student now and you wanted to beat that fear of what other people think about you completely out of your system, uh, but perhaps you don't have 52 weeks uh, ready to commit to uh, getting uncomfortable just yet, how would you achieve this? So, I mean, for me, um, I would, you know, the, the, the three things for me really kind of being passionate about what you want to do. Um, I think I'd imagine Every person you've spoken to on your on this podcast has has come in with a passion around what they do, working in sport, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just really important because um, I think that, that it's a really competitive industry. But if you can think long term, and you know maybe take you know step backwards to get 
three steps forwards, then it's it's really important. I think like the the example I I think of in my in my head is kind of taking a year unpaid to work at Sussex Cricket. At the time, maybe a lot of my friends would say, you know, come on, you're working for free. Um, yeah, you, you're worth more than that kind of kind of discussions. But for me, I, I had always had a long term goal that I wanted to work in sport. I wanted to work in sports marketing. This is my passion. This is this is you know this is this is the only thing I want to do really. So taking a year potentially of not earning any money and you know working two jobs and um, a bit of grief from your friends, for, I knew it was the right thing to do, and ultimately it has been the right thing to do. It's, um, but yeah, it's just kind of having that having that goal, I guess. Um, yeah, and then the other thing I guess would be just again kind of repeating, but being open to to opportunity. Um, like I say, there's no real um, like roadmap of how how your career is going to go. Um, it's, it's it's different for everyone. There's no right or wrong way. Um, I guess if you've got that long term goal, though, you can know that if you do this move, that will hopefully get you there in x x amount of time. So um, just be open to open to the journey. I'd have, I'd never have thought, having worked at the cricket club, that I'd work at a horse racing venue. Um, had no interest in horse racing. I'm pretty open about it, but it was kind of the the right opportunity at the right time. And then, yeah, managed to work in the Premier League, which is kind of like my dream job afterwards. So, um, yeah, the, the, the journey's different for everyone and might not even be what you expect. Fantastic. Is there any one particular uh, challenge that you could that you completed that perhaps is on the on the smaller scale that could potentially act as a, a catalyst for one of our listeners out there who's looking to try something that might test them? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say a uh, couple that spring, I guess one of them was networking. So um, I, I'd say networking is a bit of a skill and a, and a challenge in itself. So um, I, I just went to a networking event, chucked myself in the deep end, didn't know anyone, um, and, you know, you have to start talking to people that are strangers that might not have necessarily the same business interests as, as you, but you've got to kind of get to know and get under the skin of that. So um, that's probably a pretty good one to start with because it's, um, yeah, you've got to put yourself out there and, and start getting chatting to people and, and it could be helpful in terms of career. Can I go back to the year working at the career club for free? Um, like we, we chat a lot. Um, to to members and listeners around sort of doing volunteer work in order to get some experience in the sports industry. Can you chat through what that was like sort of purely almost sort of volunteering for a year um, in order to, to get that end goal of, of working in the EPL? Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's tough at times, right? Because you think you don't, you don't know what the future holds. So, uh, it's, it's it's always a bit of a risk. Um, for me, it was just you know it's so powerful and valuable. Um, spending time every day in the office with you know learning from all these people that are in the industry that you want to work with. I think I think it, you know it's really helpful in terms of when you're going for these jobs to show that you've got some experience in these world. Um, and and I guess, I guess, because I guess the jump from kind of university to then working life is 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 quite quite different. Um, so yeah, having that kind of experience um, for me, I, I mean, I absolutely loved the. It, for me, it kind of like certified that this is what I want to do. This is the the 
the industry I want to work in yeah it's not it's not always easy along the along the year you're kind of thinking there's no guarantee of a job but once I finished the year there wasn't like a, a job on the table it was kind of had to go back to university finish off my course then I, I ended up getting a kind of summer job in the media team just trying to um yeah help them out for the summer in the cricket season again with no guarantee that it was going to be a full-time job um but fortunately at the end of it I'd left for about three weeks looking for other roles and then a kind of marketing exec role came up so I was pretty lucky in that sense um but in my I would sort of counter that luckiness in terms of you know you kind of you work hard for for a year and um hopefully the opportunity comes out of it yeah, I think it's such an important fundamental understanding that even though you might not be earning in cash, you're earning in experience or you're earning in networks or you're earning in recommendations and testimonials from your bosses. Like there's so much good stuff to gain from doing anything, even if you're not getting paid for it and you've been able to cash that in at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's, it's really hard. There's like there's more and more people going for these jobs. So if you've got, if you've got relevant experience and in, in the industry, um, even if it's voluntary is it's people look for it. When you, um, when you went to, uh, for, or for the job at Southampton, how did this, um, sort of self experiment make an appearance on your resume and, and in your interview, how did, how did you sort of bring it up and, and share those experiences? Yeah. So I guess, um one thing I've always been really keen on is kind of separating it from from work so when doing the challenges I'm I was always quite passionate that it wouldn't affect work you know working is you work in your working hours and it's kind of priority this is kind of extracurricular so I, 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 I it doesn't necessarily it's not kind of like front to center of my my CV and and in the interview process um it I, I kind of feature it as a line if like you know this is in my spare time I've done this um and then I guess in interviews uh I kind of share that as a kind of experience because a a lot of the time in interviews you get asked around outside of work what have you done or you know what other things have you achieved um so uh, I tend to kind of yeah explain it there more in person rather than um you know try and yeah use it on everything I think um yeah it's a nice it's a nice discussion point um that I use in kind of interviews I guess one thing that everyone would love to know is what is the application like, uh, the application process like at an EPL club? And there's a lot of people who'd be listening who would uh, love to be working in that space. Uh, what can you share with them? Yeah, so thinking back to my application, we did um, this kind of 10-minute phone interview. So applied um, field kind of application forms, um, sent the CV, then had a kind of Five minute chat, ten minute chat about about the role on a, on a phone, um, then came in for first round formal interview, um, which was kind of yeah, kind of standard interview kind of questions, explaining experience, CV, um, kind of few kind of like skill based questions, and then came back then for a second interview, which was which was a task based interview, which was um, me presenting basically a kind of like a marketing plan that would have been relevant to the role. Um, and then a kind of extra layer of interview questions. So, yeah, three three stage interview process. Um, but yeah, it, like it, 
in terms of kind of bringing it back to kind of how that was those experiences of comfort zone and and how it's kind of relevant to work I guess in interviews it's that's when it kind of really has been helpful and um, having to present in a in a in an interview environment is probably twice as nerve-wracking as maybe just presenting in a normal work environment because you care about it because you want to get the job as well so there's there's even more nerves but um that, that I think that's where it's kind of been really helpful to have these kind of things to fall back on um and yeah I think yeah it's just it's been an interesting process in that sense I'm sure the um the competitiveness of those roles probably adds to those nerves um and it would be hard for anyone to assume that they're pretty popular jobs do you know by any chance, you know, how many sort of people would would apply for a typical job at Southampton or at another APL club? Yeah, we get we get hundreds of applications to be honest from for most roles. Uh you know, not um not always all with direct experience, but they're pretty well pretty well applied for. Um so yeah, it's quite competitive. I was just going to say I think, you know, for listeners out there, they're probably like the APL would be an absolute dream job you know for any any club doesn't matter if you're 20th or first doesn't matter um what's sort of the best thing or actually maybe what's the best and and worst thing around working in the EPL for such a big club as Southampton is um so I guess the best one of the best and worst things is you know fast-paced environment so um and, and this is this is across all sports so it's not unique to the Premier League uh, you know, if it, things move so quick. You, you, there's no two days the same. Your campaigns that you've planned for a month can be torn up in the space of one game. Um, yeah, there's, it's such a yeah, it's such a quick environment. And you know, you could look at that as a you know, you could potentially look at that as a negative thing. Is in you know, you're kind of always kind of trying to scramble. You kind of you know, you never know what the next day is going to hold. But I think most people would say that that's one of the things that makes it so so brilliant and you know why we kind of love working in sport and the highs and lows of sport you kind of feel that as an administrator and um you kind of go on the ride a little bit yourself so um that's probably you know one of the one of my my favorite things I think specific to Southampton we kind of we work in a bit of a world where we're not you kind of the top six clubs we're not Manchester United we're not Liverpool um we don't claim to have the reach or you know the the power in some of their kind of like social terms as them but we think differently to them and we're kind of we we, we work in a team where we're, we're really proud that we we work innovatively and, and and try and come up with solutions in a different way so um things like our kind of kit launches in the past or, or how we work with partners we we, we kind of want to we want to be known as the kind of innovative um team to coming up with these solutions so it's really really amazing to working in a team where you, you, you're kind of encouraged to to think like that and almost no bad i no sorry no idea is a bad idea and um as long as we can kind of test and and um you know learn from from results and, and come up with with better campaigns um we're really kind of encouraged to do it so i, I absolutely love that to be honest people would have spoken to you about this before but i'm currently re-watching the sunderland till i die um netflix series because I thought it was absolutely amazing um, and I just thought, why not watch it again? Um, but one thing that's really clear in in that is how, you know, results on the pitch really influence the staff at a football club. So, you know, if, if we can think about it over here in Australia, we've got to say the AFL, there's no relegation. So, 
you know, if you if you don't do so well one year, you, you just come up next year and you have another crack. Whereas in the EPL, it's kind of like if the results don't go your way, it can really influence everybody in the club. What's that like working inside an EPL club when the results aren't going so well? Yeah, I'm probably a, probably a good person to ask on this because seeing as we've lost nine nil twice and um, probably have been in the releg- near the relegation zone a couple of years, so um, <laughs> hopefully I'm well qualified on this one. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> it's not always easy. Um, I think you know we staff are human as well, and uh, as, as you know, as much as we kind of try and stay level, there are times when you're taking a heavy loss or. Um, you know, if you're flirting with relegation zone, it's it's natural to be worried and and you know concerned um, off the back of that. But I guess I think probably that what we've kind of one thing that we've kind of learned is is kind of you know you've got to really be stick to your your strategy. Um, and 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 it's been a it's been a really powerful for me in terms of learning. Um, kind of the journey that we went on from from losing nine nil um to Leicester last year. Um, and you know kind of that bit of doom and gloom afterwards to to then you know we were kind of we were top of the league at, at, on at this season at one stage and and what I really learned from that is the the journey of trusting the strategy and our, our, our kind of our chief exec um is really powerful in that leading on this but um the plan didn't change after the 9-0 the plan was still the same okay we want to still develop our own players we just want to play this certain brand of football um but if anything, we needed to commit more to the strategy of what we're doing. Probably weren't doing it enough. You know, we're falling off the strategy. So um, actually, what what happened was we committed 10 times to the Southampton way, as we call it. Um, and and once we did that, it actually brought us together as a collective. And it's like, right, we're all on this course now. This is what we're doing. And then as you see results start to improve, everyone's even more committed to it. So when we lost 9-0 to Manchester United this season, we weren't as worried, to be honest. Like, we were like, no, we should stick to the plan. This is what we've got to do. So, um, it's, it's yeah, I think it, those times when it's not going so well, it's like having that clear plan is is what keeps you all together. That plan can be such a such a powerful thing. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that Southampton pride themselves on being that innovative club when you haven't got the reach of the Liverpools and the Manchesters. What have been some of the innovations that you've been involved in? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, what one we like to kind of go with is the kind of our kit launch campaigns as being like the heroes of this 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 kind of mindset. So it, this is within the marketing team. So you know, last year we launched uh, a retro kit kit by a launching a retro game, and and you had to play this kind of arcade style game to to reveal the kit. Um, in previous years, we've we've done kind of like uh, mockumentaries, um, which have been kind of like funny style content, which. Um, you know, it's ended up with people like Roberto Carlos kind of tweeting about and, uh, you know, people you don't even expect. So, you know, just, you're just like almost looking at content in a way where in traditional times, maybe with a kit launch, it's kind of just been a, here's a new, here's a new kit, picture of the kit. This is how you buy it, you know, website, that kind of creative. Whereas we've kind of really trying to push the boundaries in terms of, of how we deliver that. And, and, and yeah, we've got, got some good examples of it. Tom, finally, um, and, probably a question we always ask uh, our, our guests um what is your top advice on on how students can get their foot in the door to build a career in sports marketing yeah i guess um yeah i get like being open to to new things i think it'd be 
it'd be bad if I didn't say something about kind of being outside your comfort zone, having kind of spoken about it for the last half an hour. So that, you know, you know, take, take the opportunity to be outside your comfort zone and, and, you know, develop as a person. Don't, don't see it like how I saw it in terms of like challenges, but um, always try and develop. I'm, I'm still to this, you know, still all the time looking at ways at how I can grow as a person and, and become, become better. So, um, yeah, just spend every day trying to trying to be better, and um, opportunities will come from it. Awesome. Well, Tom, we'll leave it there. But thank you so much for uh, coming on the Sportsgrad podcast. It's been awesome to hear about all your experience, and obviously the fifty-two challenges and fifty-two weeks is an incredible achievement. Uh, I'm not sure I could possibly do anything like that. Um, hopefully, maybe one day. But uh, no, nah, it's been awesome to have you on and. Um, fantastic to hear about your experience at both um, cricket clubs that you've been involved in and, and Southampton as well. It's um, it's amazing to to see what happens in an EPL club, and um, it's great to great to hear all that's happening. And good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thanks for having me on, and just just want to say that what a great idea this podcast is. So um, great work on that, and um, yeah, to all the grads out there, good luck and and keep keep plugging away. There we have it, Tom Rose from the Southampton Football Club. Ryan, how good was that? Yeah, that was uh, that was special. Very good interview. I thought, yeah, what an incredible sort of human and like all the things that he's done is just amazing. And all those challenges, I think, was just really humbling to hear. And I think puts it puts it all in perspective. You know, if someone if you're not sort of putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations and you know, you're not really experiencing being uncomfortable. You've got to you've got to put yourself in there to, to really develop as a person. So, um, no, awesome, and also great to hear about his role as well. Um, fantastic to hear about sort of what it's like in an EPL club, um, which was which is really cool. Yeah, one one of the things that I uh, will be doing more often after listening to Tom is uh, just understanding that everybody experiences a level of uncomfortableness. And I think that was really important for to, to hear from him because he's the master of being uncomfortable. And so for me, I think, you know, next time I get that feeling of um, anxiousness or nervousness, just taking the time to acknowledge and appreciate that, you know, being courageous in those situations isn't doing things in the absence of, of fear but it's just doing them uh, anyway and just pushing through and understanding that, you know, that feeling doesn't go away. But those who come out better on the other sides are the ones who push through. So I think acknowledging that fear to then push through it is uh, something I'll be doing more of after listening to Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing was, you know, everything he did, he did it with his end goal in mind. So one thing I'd be doing now after listening to Tom is writing down, you know, just that like what is that end goal and reminding myself of that every day so that it influences my decisions you know so it's not always going to be happy days and everything's easy um so if you you just continuously keep reminding yourself of what that end goal is it'll it'll make it all seem worth it in the end so incredible interview and, and great to chat to him i think it was unlike other interviews that we've done so far um and really delve into sort of that personal development arm that that he really is so um, so in touch with, which is awesome. Yeah, couldn't agree more on that one, Ryan. 
We might leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Hey team, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends or your classmates who also have to figure out all of this sports career stuff. As you can see, this podcast is practically a masterclass and it's free. And you and your circles deserve to have it. So please share it far and wide. Finally, when you're ready to make sense of tackling jobs in sport, go check out the Sports Grad Method. This is an ebook I wrote based on eight years of trying to get into the sports industry and teaching others how to do it too. All of that is condensed down into a proven process to getting jobs in sport. If you're like me and enjoy things broken out into logical steps, then I think you're going to enjoy it. To get a hold of that, download it from www.sportsgrad.com.au. Thanks again for listening. Chat to you soon.